This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Digital Health Podcast. Here's your daily industry news briefing for today, April 4th. Today, we are going to focus on telehealth and first, a contributing article from Dr. Alexa Kimball, President and CEO of Harvard Medical Faculty Physicians at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. Dr. Kimball wrote in Becker's, there has been much discussion regarding reimbursement for telehealth. Classically, insurers have worried that telehealth coverage would lead to overuse. However, despite the extraordinary utility and use of telehealth during the pandemic, we have not seen providers increase the number of total visits they perform over prior patterns. Instead, telehealth appears to have been used as an essential substitute for in-person visits and overuse appears to have been a false concern. We now see payers trying to decrease what they pay for telehealth on the premise that because it is remote, it should be simple and therefore cheaper. There are some savings, but mostly the efforts and expense to provide telehealth is more like an in-person visit than it is different. First, let's tackle the physician portion. Guidance published recently on what physicians should charge from CMS is based on either the complexity of a visit or the time it took. Complexity is independent of whether the visit took place in person or virtually. Rather, complexity may involve an assessment of the patient's symptoms, conditions, medications, and laboratory tests. The physical exam can contribute to the data being evaluated, and elements of the physical exam can be assessed by video, such as neurology, photo, such as dermatology, or even via remote monitoring, and sometimes is not necessary at all. Thus, the current system for evaluating how complex a service a physician has rendered overlaps entirely with virtual visits, which should be covered at parity with in-person visits when both involve the same level of effort. Next is the consideration of all other expenses that underlie the patient visit, scheduling, rooming, reconciling medications, assessing initial reason for the visit, and coordinating next visit. While there is no patient room or gown for a virtual visit, the HIPAA secure IT systems are expensive to operate, maintain, and integrate, and there are costs for physician space and equipment as well. So there are some savings in the overhead costs, but the reality is that building space cost is comparable to IT overhead. In sum, there is a rational for reducing telehealth costs modestly for overhead aspects, but no rationale for reducing the physician component, which is the same. The pandemic taught us that lack of reimbursement was the major barrier to adoption of telehealth. It is a great and often essential modality, but if it isn't paid for, it won't be embraced going forward. Establishing a fair and right payment structure is critical to ensure ongoing access to virtual care beyond the pandemic. As we witnessed during COVID-19, telehealth can serve as a bridge to some of our most vulnerable patients, and it must remain if we want to succeed in addressing health equity. Secondly, I wanted to address a recent telehealth um, survey done by the American Medical Association. The American Medical Association examined um, 1,657 physicians who returned the survey talking about the list of telehealth platforms that they are most likely to use. Here are the platforms along with the number of physicians who use them. First, audio-only telehealth visits were, telephone visits were the most common at 723 physicians using them. Second was Zoom with 600 physicians using them. Doximity video came in third with 439 physicians using it. Fourth was EHR telehealth modules or tools. Fifth was Doxy.com. ME, 
sixth was telehealth vendors, seventh was FaceTime, eighth was patient portals, ninth was Microsoft Teams, and tenth was texting. And finally, a piece of news. Teladoc Health unveiled a framework to help employers and health plans enhance their healthcare benefits by integrating virtual care. The model is scalable so that it can be adopted by organizations of various sizes and industries. It is based on five elements of virtual care strategy, including plan design, program offerings, member experience, performance measurement, and governance. The telehealth company recently conducted a study that found just 20% of employers have implemented a whole person virtual care strategy. If you would like the latest in digital health and technology news delivered to your inbox every day, subscribe to the Becker's Health IT and CIO newsletter through our website at www.beckershospitalreview.com.